Good morning. Uh, is this a special day today? Is it very? It's not Father's Day today or Mother's Day today. Yeah, it is Mother's Day. Do you have a mother? Yeah, you do. Sitting right next to you. Yeah, today is a very special day. Um, before we get started, let's uh, just open up a word of prayer. Father, we come here this morning to gather together as your people. We pray, Lord, that as we speak of our mothers and what a mother is, we pray that you might move our hearts. For we know your heart is very moved, Lord, when it comes to wives and mothers. You've written about them in your word. And as we go through your word today and share how our mothers have had an impact in our lives today, Lord, may you be honored, and may the mothers here be honored as well. We do pray this in Jesus' name. Well, mothers are very important, aren't they? And uh, often you don't hear a lot of things going on in the news media about mothers except when this special occasion occurs or, you know, Hallmark has an ad or, you know, Safeway has a very special flower program going on, you know, where you can purchase flowers and send flowers to your mom. Moms always like flowers. Um, or maybe um, seize candy, you know. They always have some good deals during Mother's Days for seize candy. Who doesn't like seize candies? You know, everybody likes seize candies. <laughs> so it's a big day for retailers. But, you know, it's even a bigger day for the Lord. You know, he, he recognizes you moms and you wives in a very special way from his word. And we're going to look at a few things in the word um, before we have some of the brothers come up and share the impact that their mothers have had in their life. And I asked these brothers to volunteer to come up to share, you know, what impact that they've had in their mom's lives because that's the reality. You know, it's something you just don't read about. It's real. This is something that happens in their lives where mom has had some influence in their lives, and it's real. Now, some of those influences, um, are they good or bad? Well, it depends on how mom took care of things. So we're going to investigate the word a little bit. I was going to share a little bit uh, more on Proverbs 31. Um, but I understand some of the brothers are kind of using this as their key verses. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just go through a few of the verses in Proverbs 31 that I want to kind of highlight to set the stage for them sharing with you this morning. Now, all of us, you know, we all live in the Bay Area here, and there's two sporting events that seem to be, you know, hot in the press today. There's two teams that seem to be on top of things right now, and what are those two teams? I don't know about that. I went to their minor league game, and they're playing just as bad in the minor league as the Giants are playing. So, you know, time will tell. Yeah, the Warriors and Sharks, they're in the news, aren't they? They're always in the news. And, you know, it's interesting. They, they receive all this media press. You know, every time I turn the news on, the Warriors are mentioned or the Sharks are mentioned. Uh, you hear it on the radio. Uh, you see it in a newspaper, you'll see it in magazines. So the press is very active talking about these two teams. For instance, this morning's news, um, I just happened to go out there and take a look to see what's current. 
because I didn't know what the scores were from yesterday for the Warriors or the Sharks. Well, the Sharks didn't lose. According to the news today, instead of being discouraged by triple overtime loss the other day, disallowed potential game-winning goal, the San Jose Sharks chose to build on their strong play in the overtime periods. Three stars scored two goals, and the Sharks used some reconfigured lines to bounce back from the tough loss and beat the Nashville Predators 5-1. to one. That was this morning's news. Um, now they lead in their second round of playoff series. Now the Warriors, a uh, different kind of story. But there's one individual that keeps being brought up in the, the news, and there's one individual, and he's a pretty famous kind of guy. What's his name? Uh, who? Curry. Curry, yeah. Well, he's kind of been out on an injury, so he hasn't been able to play in these series, but Hear his name. Every time I turn it on, hear something about the Warriors, Curry's name is mentioned. His name is always mentioned. Of course, he's been a key player. Here's the news today. After the beatdown, after the Portland Trail Blazers, 120 to 108 dismantling of the Golden State Warriors, that's kind of an unusual thing, a dismantling of Golden State Warriors, because the Golden State Warriors dismantled most of the teams throughout the season. But Curry got out, and so they've been struggling along, but they're, not, they're doing okay. So my point here is there's a lot of press about all the good things that go on, especially in the sports world, and there's a lot of things that go on that are not so good. So we've been kind of watching the Giants because Kathy's cousin's daughter's husband is, was playing for the Giants. <laughs> or Kathy's cousin's, yeah, daughter. I don't know, it's a long list. It's kind of confusing, but it's down here in the chain, okay? So anyway... Um, he was playing for the Giants last year. He went to, he got injured last year. He didn't do so well spring training, so he's back on the AAA team in Sacramento. So we went up there last night to go watch the AAA team. And I found it kind of interesting because you see these guys are struggling along and try to get back in the majors, right? And one thing I've noticed in watching the games over the last you know, few weeks, um, now that I'm retired, I, I've been watching some of the Giants a little bit more. And, seeing what they do, but it's kind of interesting when you listen to these programs. They got all these stats. I mean, they come up with stats they dig out of decades ago from players from decades, you know, long gone. Or they might bring up something uh, about these players that they dug out so deep down. I don't know where they get this stuff from. But they'll come up about this play this guy did, you know, just a fabulous play, best play ever made, and they'll bring it up to fill in the time because they're not doing so good. They just kind of want to remind people how good they were, not how they are right now, <laughs> right? So, yeah, I mean, you see stats out there like, um, you see on the scoreboard, uh, number of runners they batted in for the season or what their batting averages are. Of course, when you start looking down there, I was commenting to Kathy, man, I saw this batting average, this guy like 140 said, man, why is the guy even playing baseball here? 140, that's not too good, right? And of course, if they're playing in majors, they bat like that, well, guess what? They get back sent back to the AAA. Or you might see earn run averages for pitchers, you know? How many times do they strike somebody out? How, how many times can they prevent somebody from getting on base? So you see all these statistics, and it's over and over and over again. 
And my father-in-law, his 90th birthday was yesterday. We took him to the ball game up at uh, Sacramento because he likes baseball. It doesn't matter whether it's minor league, major league. He just likes sports, period. You know Stan? This guy's a walking encyclopedia of statistics. I sat next to him yesterday, and he told me about all these things about these ball players in the past. You know, DiMaggio, uh, Williams, all these players in the past, and even today, he can quote stats, it just blows my mind. Where does he get this stuff from? So he's a walking encyclopedia. Well, you know, I was thinking about you moms. What kind of stats do you have? How many times have you moms been to the doctor with your kids? How many times have you driven your kids to school, taking them to school, or picking them up from school? How many times have you done that, moms? Hmm? Uh, sometimes moms are known as the bus drivers, right? The bus drivers, they're always there. Or how about the moms that... Um, take on the duty of being uh, chief nurse, chief, chief doctor of emergency services. Oh, and by the way, how much sick leave do you have? You don't get much sick leave, do you? You know, when someone's sick, you're there. Even when you're deathly sick yourself, you're there, right? Aren't you moms? But do you ever get praise or see those stats about yourself? No, but God sees them. He knows them. He knows every one of them. He knows how you've devoted your life to your children and what impact that they may have had. So there's this, all this noise about the press, and sometimes there's not enough press that we give to the moms about how well they do, and to encourage them, because a lot of this stuff is for encouragement. You encourage moms. You know, kids, are you encouraging your mom? Your moms need encouragement, kids. Never stop encouraging moms. Right, moms? Right, moms? Okay. Yeah, they need encouragement. There's a lot of stats that uh, you could put together. I think of... Uh, in the corporate world, there's all these uh, individuals that have these letters after their name. So-and-so, CEO. Everybody knows what a CEO, right? Chief Executive Officer. You know, the head honcho, the head person. Um, how about CFO? Chief Financial Officer. Or how about a COO? Chief Operating Officer. Or chief of security, and on and on and on. All these different titles, and they got all these, you know, uh, letters after their name. Moms, how many of those you got after your name? You, you got all of them, really, when you think about it. Matter of fact, some of those are, you probably don't even think, did you know, moms, some of you, I think, are even vets. How many of you have ter pet turtles? Pet fish? Huh? Or, or a dog or a cat. You're a veterinary too. <laughs> right? So you take care of so many things. It's such a broad range of things that you moms are involved with. But oftentimes you don't get recognized for that until later when you stop and when the kids think back and say, wow, you know, all the things that my mom did for me 
I took for granted. Because oftentimes, we sometimes just expect it, right? That's what moms do. Uh, you know when things, when you start recognizing things is when mom goes on a holiday, right? Mom says, uh, guess what? Uh, I'm not cooking today. Well, what are we going to have for dinner, mom? I don't know. That's for you to figure out. <laughs> hey, mom, I don't have any uh, clothes to wear tomorrow. Uh, the laundry's not done. It's not folded. Uh, well, um, the pile's there. I sorted it for you. Go wash it. <laughs> or iron it. You know, all those things we, man, we take for granted, don't we? But moms make it happen. Kids, you never have, you get up the, during the day, you never think about those things. Wow, how did my clean clothes get all washed and they smell good and they're all folded up nice and they're put in, in the closet, hung up, and they're put in the drawers. It's all nicely there. So when I go in there, I pull it out and, hey, I, look how good I look today. Well, it's because of what mom did, right? Just think about that. Don't take that for granted, kids. Those things don't happen by mistake. It's because mom is consciously making sure that you're provided for. And you know, again, moms, God recognizes that. And he will honor you for that. Don't forget that. Those are treasures, those little nuggets of treasures that are being heaped up and stored in heaven for you. For when you get there, God will say, well done, good and faithful mama. <laughs> That's my version. Right? That's what's going to happen. Well, I'm not going to steal all these uh, young men's uh, verses, but let's uh, turn over to Proverbs 31 real quick, and let's cover a, a, some verses here to kind of set the tone for what some of these young men want to share. Proverbs 31. And I want to just... I'm not going to cover each verse, I'm just going to pick a few and then I'll let some of the brothers share what's on their heart. I don't want to steal their thunder, because they've been working on this for, for a couple weeks. But um, I like what it says, who can find a virtuous wife, for her worth is far above rubies. You know, that's a profound statement when you really think about it. You know, virtuous wife, well, in order to, you can be a wife to be a mother, okay, so we'll take this in context of being a mom. So your value here, her worth is far above rubies. Anybody know anything about rubies? Well, rubies is a very, ah, do you have a nice big ruby on your finger? Like one carat? Does anybody in this room have a one carat ruby? A one carat ruby, perfectly faceted, is very rare. The reason why is because rubies, when they're small and they're faceted when they're small, they can do that, but usually rubies at one carat and above are very difficult to have facets because of the flaws that are in, in the ruby. But a one carat, perfect one carat ruby faceted is worth 10,000, 50,000, 100,000, 200,000. It's estimated they're worth over $250,000 for a perfectly faceted one carat ruby. It's rare. You know, you're, you're, you know, some of you ladies and some of the men may have been 
fooled into thinking diamonds are rare. No, diamonds aren't rare. Rubies are rare, especially the one carat and above kind of ruby. $250,000 for a one carat ruby. Anybody have one in here? I want to see it. But it's rare, and, that, and that's, what the Lord, that's why the Lord used this as an example. He says, her worth is far above rubies. You're worth so much more. There is worth. See, God has put a worth on, on this. He's put a worth on you. You have worth. And he just doesn't say far above one ru- a ruby. He says, plural, rubies. Right? Now, we don't know how many that is, but I imagine it's a whole bunch. I can see it all stacked up here now. Millions of dollars, billions of dollars of rubies. That's how much value you are in God's eyes. You are valuable. Well, take a look at the value of being a mom. What would occur today if moms didn't influence the children in a family? They weren't involved in children's life. What would your, life, your children's lives be like? And oh, by the way, you adults, you had moms. What would your life be like if your mom didn't have an influence in your life? You'd be different, totally different. Mom has an influence, a way of guiding and leading you in the way you should go, preparing you for life. So moms are very valuable. They're worth a lot. You've heard the term, worth their weight in gold? Well, they're beyond worth their weight in rubies. Because he says her worth is far above rubies. Okay. Let's take a look at uh, another verse here in 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. Your mom has plenty of wisdom. You know, some of your kids wonder, ah, my mom, what do they know? Well, trust me, kids, your mom knows a lot. And you can learn a lot from your mom. So trust. Even though it may not make sense to you, you want to trust your mom. Because she's probably been where you're, she probably asked the same questions that you had. But now she has the wisdom and the knowledge to share with you what you should do. And you know, a mom's words, they're nurturing words. Do you know that? Mom's words are nurturing to a child. They give them guidance and instruction for them to hear. Not only to hear, but to do them. Right? Not just to hear, but to do. Another one I like, too, is seven. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Well, moms aren't idle, are they? Moms seem to work 24-7. And it's it's mentioned earlier, 24-7, whether you're well or you're sick, you're still working. You may not feel good. You might be tired, but you just keep plugging on, don't you? Moms keep going. They don't let anything stop them. How many in here have one to five children? Raise your hand. One to five. The numbers, okay. How many in here have over five to ten? Five to ten? Okay, how about 
Okay, Krista, you, I know Krista. All right, uh, how many have over 10? Oh, nobody. Now, can you imagine what it'd be like to have over 10? Huh? Let me get, listen to this. Have any, anyone in this room heard of the name Wesley? Wesley, okay. What's Wesley known for? Ah, he was, started the Methodist movement. And he wrote several hymns. As a matter of fact, if you look in our hymn book, you'll see the name Charles Wesley in our hymn book. But um, think of this. Charles Wesley, he started the Methodist movement, but he also wrote over 6,000 hymns. 6,000 hymns. Now, here's a little factoid for you. You probably don't know. Did you know Charles Wesley is the 18th son of the Wesley family? Number 18. Listen to this. Samuel and Susanna Wesley were dedicated Christians. Altogether, they had 19 children. Wow. Don, I thought you were a busy man. <laughs> you know, when I read this, Don, I thought, wow. <laughs> this is amazing. 19 children. John was the 15th child and Charles the 18th. The sad part is 11 of their children died. Eight lived. Just think of the heartaches that went on with that family. But that, did that debtor to moms? Did that debtor the mom and getting involved with her children? No, she kept plugging on. Can you imagine the amount of time consumed by having that many children, eight? Can you imagine that, Don? Krista? <laughs> so you know, you've been there, right? But just think, you know the time that it takes to have that many kids and how much time you have to devote for them to be successful. Well, there are precious few inconveniences in those days. They didn't have dishwashers. They didn't have cars. They didn't have clothes washers. They didn't have irons. They didn't have all the conveniences that, we're, that we have today. But yeah, she pressed on. No running water, no telephone, no radio. No quick means to, to communicate or to travel. Yet, Susanna Wesley expected each child to know the alphabet by the time he or she was five years old. At six, he and she started a school in a big living room at their home. They homeschooled. Susanna taught her children six hours a day from nine to twelve and from two to five. And later on, they would go to a formal school and one of those formal schools their children went to was Oxford University. Wow. Now, did Mama prepare them? You know, it certainly did. Just like some of you moms have prepared your children who are older now. Think of Beth, you know, TJ's at the academy. Sam, you finished up school. Think of all the other children here, you know, the Robertson family and their kids finished up school. But it all started with Mama, didn't it? 
Started in their living room, the home school. Praise the Lord for that and the time you invested in your children. And I like what it says in verse 29 too. The Lord says, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. So your children who fear the Lord and go on for the Lord shall be praised. Shall be praised. Okay, let's have some of the brothers come up and just share some things. Yeah, Jay? Huh? Yeah, you're first. Me a second. Let me get set up. <clears throat> well, good morning to you. Um, this will be a little interesting <laughs> because <clears throat> I have a lot to say and no time to say it. So <laughs> we'll do the best we can. Okay, I'll do my best, Mom, sorry. <laughs> For next year. Okay, Luke, you ready? Mom, I have a surprise for you that we want to start off with. Hey. Hey, bud, you there? Yep. Okay, you got the floor. Hey, I just want to say happy Mother's Day, and I love you, Mom. I'm sorry I couldn't be there, but I hope you enjoy the legend. All right, that's uh, TJ from Annapolis, if you guys aren't aware of that. So, happy Mother's Day, Mom. Thank you, bud. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. All right, now it's my turn. <clears throat> <laughs> so I get 10 minutes? Okay, cool. <laughs> so I just want to ask uh, a couple questions to start off. You know, if you uh, have been as blessed as I have and, and have someone that loves you this much, um, how do you express it in five minutes or less? You know, how do you express it in 10 minutes? You can't. I'm going to tell you right now, you can't. I love you. Sorry. So what I'd like to do here is um, Proverbs 31. It's a great passage that talks about the virtues of a good woman. What makes a good woman? Well, uh, Howard read it uh, in, in verse 30. It talks about who she is in the Lord. Uh, it talks about uh, her faith and that she will be praised because of her love for the Lord. 
And I have seen over the years the love that my mom has for the Lord, for the scripture, for the word of God. And I'm telling you, that's, it's the basis for everything else. If you put the Lord first and seek to honor him, everything else, loving your kids, your relationship with your husband, those things all fall into place because of that foundation. My mom has that. One of the other things that it talks about uh, in verse 28 uh, and 26 is that it, it says she teaches her children to love the, the Lord as well. And he's, Howard's talked about this as well, that um, she will be praised because she has trained up her kids to, to honor the Lord and to serve the Lord. Um, and she's a, she's a faithful servant to them. I'm sorry, I'm very covering these very quickly. But um, <clears throat> One of the things I've seen in my mom over the years is just the fact of um, she's not lazy. It talks about in, in uh, verse 15 of Proverbs uh, 31 that uh, she gets up before, uh, well, it says she gets up when it's still night. So what's that mean? It's still dark outside, guys. Everybody else is still in bed, or most of us. You know, I, I have a pretty early schedule. I have for many years now, and <clears throat> I used to get up pretty early to go to school. She's already up. What's she doing up? <laughs> Honestly, I couldn't tell you what she was doing, but she was up. <laughs> she was doing something somewhere. Okay? Um, she's not lazy. A lot of times she would be up before I was, and I'd be going to bed before she was going to bed. It talks about, uh, in verse 15 and, and also in 20, uh, how she, she cares for others, not just in her family, but also outside her family. Mom, I'm going to uh, maybe embarrass you a little bit here, but there was a young girl that lived on the corner. I don't want to say her name, just, but remember her? She adores you. She wasn't even your kid. But you were charitable towards her. Because she needed it. She needed somebody to love her. So you provided for not only your own family, but also friends, other, other people around you that you noticed needed help. And I want to finish with this. It talks about being uh, that she will receive praise. Uh, Howard read it. It says, um, her, her children will rise up and call her blessed, even her husband also. He praises her. And it says, quotes in verse 29, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. What does that mean? I, I take it to mean this. I, and I've heard this from many people, especially my dad. He, he would look at us and he'd go, Guys, boys, I found a good wife. Good luck. <laughs> right? And uh, I think what he's trying to say with that is pretty simple. He's trying to say this. Many daughters, there's, there's lots of women out there. But he looked over all the, the women, and he says, 
Beth Wilson, you're the best one. Mom, you're a good woman. It says your children will call you blessed. Just look at what Sam and I are about to do right now. Mom, thank you for being an example to me. My mom is not here this morning, but um, I know many of you have met her. She comes up here fairly frequently. Now, my mom will freely confess that for the time when my sister and I were growing up, she was not walking with the Lord. My sister, my sister and I, we did not grow up in a Christian home. You know, we never went to church when we were kids. And you know, though my parents were saved, they will freely confess that they neglected um, my sister and I, and pointing us to the Lord. But there were a lot of lessons that my mom taught me growing up that I was able to apply to my life as an unsaved person, and even more so when I did get saved. My mom taught me the importance of family. Now, just growing up and looking back, I was eyewitness to how my mom gave so much of herself in taking care of her family. Now, not just in making meals and keeping house. One of my clearest memories is how my mom helped my sister and me with our schooling. My mom so wanted to see us do well. So I remember many late nights writing papers for high school, and many of those late nights my mom was up too. I might write a rough draft, and my mom would correct it and proofread. I would write another draft, and then she would proofread again. This could go on until maybe 1 or 2 a.m. And I looked at how, over the years, she really lived out the verse, honor your father and mother. I watched her take care of uh, her own mom, my grandmother, when she suffered from being blind, having a stroke, and later having dementia. And my mom taught me some valuable lessons in discipline and perseverance. Now, probably the clearest way I can remember this was um, by that object right there, the piano. Now, many of you have seen me play piano at the chapel at some point. It would not have happened except for my mom. I was, um, I took, my mom had me take um, eight years of private piano lessons, and I'll say she forced me to take them. <laughs> I did not play piano happily. And my mom, though, she made sure that I practiced just about every day. And there are many occasions where I wanted to quit. But she would not allow me to quit. She would say something like, well, it's up to you. 
And um, this was said with a, with a certain edge to it, so I knew that it really was not up to me. <laughs> but, you know, through the often painful days of practicing piano, I learned discipline and perseverance. And I, I say that um, about uh, 15 years after the lesson stopped, I did thank my mom afterwards for making me do that. And it was, and so, you know, sometimes, not too often, my mom had to encourage me to be properly utilizing my time and working with all my, all my might and my schoolwork. So I learned from my mom to be disciplined with my time and how I lived. And so when I did get saved, certain verses took on a new significance. Verses like 2 Peter 1.6 that speak of adding to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, or something like 1 Corinthians. 9.27, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. My mom's lessons on persevering and discipline, it made me really want to be disciplined in my own spiritual life once I got saved. It made me want to persevere in the Lord's work when I got involved in it. Now, as I'm approaching becoming a parent myself, I've begun to appreciate more and more um, how the Lord's blessed me with a wonderful mom. One thing I realized um, after getting married, uh, more so than when I was single, I realized I'm, I'm actually a very, very selfish, sinful person. You know, I, would, I like to have time for um, myself. I like to have time to pursue my own hobbies, my own interests. But when I look back at um, my mom when I was growing up, I realized she really did not have a lot of free time for herself. In fact, I, I, looking back, I, I don't remember her, her having any hobbies. I can remember one time when I saw her playing piano just for fun, I realized, well, that's strange. I, I don't think I've ever seen my mom do anything for fun. <laughs> so I'm writing about the mind of Christ. Paul writes in Philippians 2, verses 3 to 4, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Now looking back at my childhood, I can say I saw my mom looking, not, looking out not for her interests, but for the interests of myself and my sister. Now Howard asked me to he asked a hard question when he gave um, me and some of the other brothers this assignment. He asked to describe our mothers in one word. That, that was too hard. So I'll just say, um, you know, I, I thank and praise the Lord for giving me a mom who is loving, patient, and self-sacrificing. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you very much. So I wanted to, um, to go through a few things with you, uh, with you guys and about, to talk about my mom, the influence that she's had on my life. And I've done that through an acrostic. I think that's what you call it. Um, for the word mother. 
And it's just a few things that describe you, Mom. Not everything. There's, there's many more. And many of the words I was, I, I thought of multiple different words to go with that letter. So the first one is meals. <laughs> you got to love meals. <clears throat> and food's important, yes. And my mom has cooked delicious meals. Who has gone to our house and been left hungry? You know, who has not had a good meal at my house? <laughs> it's because my mom has been laboring behind the stove, you know, cooking meals, preparing beforehand. And not only do you go there for just a meal, but you go there for three meals. That, you know, it's, it's, it's a full meal. Uh, you get cookies, dessert, um, and take something home, too. <laughs> And one of the things that I learned, too, with her, with her cooking and, and how she cares for people is um, if you notice every meal that she made, well, at least in my, when I noticed it, was um, that she made sure that everybody else was fed before, anybody, before she went through the line. She was the last person to get a plate for herself. And that shows her, um, shows her how she cares for other people. And she has a heart of hospitality. The next kind of goes along with that, but it's a heart for others. She thinks of others. And she, you, um, there's been many times where she's um, labored over making someone's dress for a wedding or, you know, altering this and that and um, many different things where you're doing, doing sewing and stuff like that. And, and it's all for somebody else, not usually for herself. Uh, how many times I've had a ripped, um, ripped my shirt a little bit or, or um, needed to get my, um, my pants adjusted some way or whatever, she would be happy to help and do that. And she did that for all of us. So she had a heart for others, making meals for those who are sick, um, those who are pregnant, those who uh, just need encouragement. And the next one is teaching. And there's, there's many things, uh, when I mean that, is there's many lessons that she's taught, many lessons that I've learned from her throughout the years, and um, Proverbs 1, 8 through 9 says, My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament around your head and chains about your neck. And that's a, it's an important proverb to remember because um, what your mother teaches you has, uh, has, has, has great consequences. And if you follow the instructions of your mother and the teaching and the things that she's taught you, things will go well for you. And some of the things that I've learned from her, what lessons have I learned? Well, in, uh, in light of 1, Timoth or 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, we, um, we're, I'm reminded of Timothy and his mother, Lois, um, or is it Eunice? I can't remember now. <laughs> Grandmother Lois and uh, Mother Eunice, I think. I might be switching that up. But regardless, what did she do with Timothy? She taught him the scriptures from an early age, the Holy Scriptures, and that's what I remember with my mom, too. Every uh, night we'd read Bible stories, or she'd teach us from the Word of God. Uh, many times you would do the Sunday school class, for not just for me, but for others. But you would be teaching others the Word of God, reminding them to, to follow that. So she taught us the, she taught us the Word of God, and, but there was also another thing she taught me, was she taught how important the Word of God by example. And she taught it by me waking up in the morning really early, like Jake, uh, seeing your mom up early in the morning 
And I'd, I'd get, the, get up at 6 o'clock in the morning maybe to go get uh, some water or go use a bathroom. And I'd see her uh, at night, pretty much all dark at night, and early in the morning, and she'd be reading the Bible, studying the Bible. She'd be uh, writing notes out. So she showed her importance. The first thing she did in the morning was to read the Bible. And I would see that constantly as I was growing up. And so that showed by example the importance of the Word of God. And uh, I think another thing she taught was avoiding worldly influences. Can't, I can't remember how many times when I'm watching a TV show, and it seems like parents always come in at the worst times. You know, the, the show was good until they just walk in. But there would be, a, you know, a bad word or something that we shouldn't be watching. And she'd, she'd say, you know, isn't there something else you guys could be watching? And really trying to avoid the, the, the influences, the worldly influences of, of, of uh, TV or of music or whatever. And um, I still remember that to this day. Um, one other example I still remember, too, is uh, we, we would go to... Uh, the marina lot, and we'd bring some bread, some old old bread, and feed the seagulls and uh, or the ducks. And um, so I remember we would throw a bunch of bread out, and there'd be seagulls coming, and then you'd see you know a bird snatch it from the other bird and fly away. And it's like, man, those guys are selfish. And a couple of minutes later, we'd be driving to the to the um, uh, over to the the doctor, so we'd have a doctor's visit, and then. All of us, you know, maybe the four of us at that time, because we were younger, were there with you. And then we'd start fighting each other and grabbing some toy that someone else had or whatever. And then she would take us aside and say, you guys are just like the seagulls, the selfish seagulls that we just saw over there. And so she'd use an example, that real-life example that we just saw, and apply it to our lives. It's really good. And even, even to this day, too, the, the discipline that you taught us, uh, taught me, um, and I can use that this, this morning, I can use that today as I discipline Justin, and, and just how the, the, the way that you did it, too, was to, to take us aside and to, um, to make sure that we, um, or to, to show us that we're, what we did is wrong, and it's not just against you or somebody else, it's against the Lord, and so to first apologize and to confess it to the Lord, and also to make it right with that person, whether it was you or whether it was another brother or sister, to apologize. And, and at the end of it, it was, it's forgiven and it's forgotten. And you never, both of you, but you would never hold it over our heads saying, you know, what did you do last week, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but you, 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 would, you would forgive us. And, forg- and that's really showing us the heart of God. And that really was uh, as how the Lord handles our sin. So he forgives us. Next is heart, and I, I can't imagine, um, well, well, first I want to say is that you're very caring. You have a, you have a heart um, of, of gold, and um, especially raising seven kids. You have seven kids you're raising. It takes a lot of patience, and it shows how much you love children. It shows how much you, you've cared for us, just the way that you've um, raised us. If you think about a kid, you'd um, over the over the years, the life of a kid, just one or just one kid, and just take one one child, one newborn, and uh, they have just uh, eight diapers a day, times 365 days, 
that's about 3,000 per year. And at their second birthday, that's about 6,000 diapers for just one kid. Now, so just say the first two years of their life, you have diapers only. And times seven kids, that's 42,000 diapers. And that's probably a low estimate of how many diapers you've changed. So it's how much you've loved us. And how, much you, how much time you've spent. <laughs> and, and your children need attention too. And you have seven of them. So, so to manage the time that you spend with them and, and, what you, and how, you, how you do that. You, you show your heart. I, I want to move on. But that's, oh, that was a picture. <laughs> that's about how much. <laughs> Next one is encouragement. And I, I can't tell you how many times throughout the day I've gotten a text from you um, with a Bible verse saying, you know, I'm just thinking about you. I'm praying about you. And what I'm going through that day, and it's, it's an encouraging note, you know, remind, remind, me, remind me of the Lord, you know. The first time I gave a Bible or a devotion for the breaking of bread, uh, and I was nervous and I was, you know, anxious about it. And she pulled me aside and says, "Hey, look, look, Luke, look at this verse." And it was—I can't remember the verse, but it, it, it really encouraged me at this time. Like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, be strong, be courageous, that kind of verse, and uh, really appreciate that. And next is uh, the last one is reverence. And what I mean by that is, um, I've seen in you the uh, like. You have a healthy fear of God. You, have, you love the Lord, and you, you show that by your actions um, and how you're quick to forgive somebody, but also quick to apologize for something that you've done wrong. Um, even if I wasn't necessarily offended by anything, you have that heart that is uh, tender before the Lord and tender before other people, and you're quick to say sorry to them and to, to go to them and ask for forgiveness. So I appreciate that. And I just want to say that, as many others have read this, but I just want to read it again, too, is that in Proverbs 31, she watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of vileness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. <clears throat> and I think about all the, uh, what makes a perfect uh, mother, you know, what makes a perfect uh, woman for a wife. Um, you know, I, I can't help but think about, you know, Proverbs 31, like uh, others have shared. And I feel like it's very fitting to share a few verses. I think of uh, Proverbs 31, verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. You know, I always think, you know, you've always been sewing clothes, mending, you know, torn pants, you know, always working on stuff for others. I think it's always wonderful that you're able to do that with your hands. And then I think, uh, you know, you've also made blankets for me and keep me warm at night and made, you know, not just for me, but for others, and you've given them away to others, you know. And people will appreciate it. 
I really appreciate it. I also think about uh, verse 14. She is like the merchant ships. She brings food from afar. Think of how you go to Costco 10 times a day for a <laughs> You know, one trip for one meal, right? <laughs> That'll help feed the family. You're always looking to, you know, feed your hungry children. Like, <laughs> like a bird that brings, you know, food to the nest. You know, we're always chirping, where's the next meal? And you always got it prepared for us. And I think about verse 15. She also rises when it, while it is yet night and provides food for her household. I, I always know, like others have said, that you're always um, you're up, up before dawn. You're either reading or you're drinking your coffee, waiting for us to get ready for school, or you're making us Eggo waffles with you know, <laughs> something to keep us going you know, in the morning. I appreciate that. And I also think about um, verse 23 where it says, Her husband is known in the gates. When he sits among the elders of the land, she makes... Uh, yeah, he sits among the elders of the land. I think the work you do at home, you know, it frees up dad to do other things for the church. So he doesn't have to, you know, do our laundry. He doesn't have to do our... bring us to school. You, you're our... You're very much of a helper to him and uh, to others in the church. And I think we all appreciate uh, what mothers do. So I'm very, very grateful for all the mothers here today. And I can't help but just rise up and call you, know, call you all blessed. Um, I'm so grateful for all the early mornings and long nights you've endured. Um, where you wake me up early in the morning, make sure I have food, send me off to school with an encouraging word, you know, ask how I'm doing. You, know, you text me throughout the day, you know. I appreciate all those things. I also appreciate how you watch over your grandson and how you, uh, you love him and you, you want to teach him new things. You're a, you're a good you know, role model to follow after. You're also a very welcoming hostess to friends and even strangers where you'll meet someone at church one day and then you know 20 minutes later they're at our house eating. So I appreciate how hospita- uh, hospitable you are. Um, I find, find such great joy in loving, in loving her and knowing that she loves me too. I love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. (laughs) Uh, I've got just a few uh, sayings, um, but I wanted to just point out a verse in Proverbs that I was thinking of as kind of the overall theme for this one, and that is the verse where it says... uh, Teach a child when he is young the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And uh, I think my mom really took that verse to heart in teaching me the way to go when I was young. Um, so I've, I've brought, I have a list of sayings that my mom used to say when bringing us up that have stuck with me. So this is going to be a little more, more humorous, but, and uh, I'm sure all the Wilson kids will be nodding in agreement. Um, I'm not going to go through all the ones for the, for the sake of time. Um, 
But one that I heard a lot, especially uh, as a young kid, and this is also very biblical, my mom would say to me, be sure your sin will find you out. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, there's, there's plenty of uh, stories that we can remember where we did something that we thought, oh boy, we sure got away with that one. Nope, <laughs> we did not. And uh, the, the worst, of course, is just wait till your father gets home. I'm sure a lot of, a lot of kids have heard that one. Um, but I remember one, one situation in particular. Um, I was sitting at the kitchen table doing my schoolwork, and uh, Mom was sitting there helping us and Jake. And I think um, TJ was the only one not in the room. And about five minutes went by, and Mom didn't hear any noise. And she goes, TJ, get out of the cupboard. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> like she, he, was, he was in a completely different room. She knew exactly where he was. And I'm sitting there going, how does she do that? <laughs> so be sure your sin will find you out. <laughs> because between God and your mother... Somebody's always watching. <laughs> um, uh, oh, there's so many. Um, I remember complaining uh, at treatment uh, by someone uh, outside during a baseball game or something. I'd say, that's not fair. My mom would say, well, life isn't fair. <laughs> and, of course, what she meant by that is... You can't always expect fair treatment when you're going through life. It's not always fair to everybody. But she never taught me not to be fair to other people just because life wasn't fair. And that was a good lesson that I've remembered. Um, I've mentioned this one before when I've been up here. Mom would say a lot, it's not what happens to you that's important, but how you respond to it. And of course, we could be complaining, you know, he hit me. You know, like it was all his fault. And mom would say, well, did you hit him back? Or did you hit him first? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not the important part. is isn't what happens to you in life. It's how you respond to it. Does that uh, honor the Lord in our responses when, when life isn't fair? Um, when hard things happen? When if your car breaks down, do you, do you stand there on the side of the road and scream at it? No. <laughs> doesn't fix anything. So mom taught me a lot about that. And of course, um, a lot of you guys know the story of the Wilson family. You know, there's been plenty of hardships just like there's been in a lot of families here. You know, things that are just outside of our control um, and uh, hard things that happen to everybody. My mom always responded well to those situations with patience and reliance upon the Lord and uh, teaching us kids how to live life. Um, the last one, <laughs> I've got a couple more, but I'll just do the last one. Um, my mom would say, would say to me often when I was trying to boss it over the other kids, she said, did I die and leave you in charge? <laughs> and I'd be standing there going, I guess not. <laughs> I'm feeling about this tall right now. <laughs> But there's a biblical principle in that as well. 
you know, too often times we try to control the outcome of our own lives and other people and all that stuff. And that's not for us to determine. We're responsible for us and for our actions. And God's in charge. And he sees far more than our mothers ever see. And it, it taught me a lot about, oh, I need to learn how to trust God for things, just like I trust my mother for things, um, and rely upon him so that when I'm an adult and I'm not under my mother's roof and under her constant supervision, I can still remember that God's still on the throne and he's in charge. So there's a few of the sayings that my mother would say that have stuck with me. So happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you. Well, I think that shows each one of us that uh, moms have an influence, don't they? And they still have an influence. Uh, Sam and the rest of you, if you're not married and you have kids yourself, you know, guess what? Moms are going to involve themselves in the grandkids' lives as well. And we know how that goes, huh, Kathy? <laughs> yeah, moms are always involved, which is a good thing. That is a good thing. Thank you, brothers, for uh, sharing from your heart the things that... Uh, uh, influence your life and your mom's and we really appreciate you sharing that it was uh, really heartwarming and and uh, God is truly evident in each of your lives and the wisdom that your moms have shown each one of you has been tremendous and and again is anyone in this room hey uh, is there anyone in here that doesn't have a mom <laughs> everyone's got a mom so somewhere moms have had some kind of influence in our lives Moms are precious. Uh, without moms, we wouldn't be where we are today. Matter of fact, if you didn't have a mom, you wouldn't be here today, right? So that's one of those facts. So moms, we again thank you for your diligence, and I challenge each one of you to be that Proverbs 31 woman that the, the Lord tells us about. And you will be honored, you will be blessed. And uh, hopefully we'll hear more stories about how sons and daughters have been influenced by mom's input i love this one did i love that one did i die and somebody put you in charge i love that one that's good fantastic all right um let's just uh, close in a word of prayer and then we'll have noad kind of give us uh, an update as to the uh, uh, uh the, the lunch that we're going to have today and the format and what we'll do okay let's pray Father, we do again thank you for your word and the truths that are in Proverbs 31, Lord. It's evident in the lives of those that just shared that you do have an influence through our moms. And Lord, we just uh, again thank you for our mothers, their diligence, their, their faithfulness in our life that they've poured into the lives of each of their children. We pray, Lord, that you might bless them, not only in heaven, for we know you will, but also on this earth as well. We do pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, no ads?